man, I do ache. Uh, the day after number 46, uh, after, a long, after a long break of no races, walking like Douglas Bader shat himself, so uh, and everything kind of hurts. But I digress. The 100 Marathon Club by Darren Smith. Number 20. Gothic Challenge, 13th of February 2018. I started 2018 excited by my running, confident to try new things and in my ability. You do not know how far you can go until you try. It's that whole exam analogy from school. You may think that you don't know anything, that you haven't studied enough. But until you turn over that question paper and start formulating your answers, you don't really know how much that you do know. You'll be surprised. In 2015, the first marathon was uncharted waters until I ran it. The first ultra, the 100 kilometers at Waste of the Stones, was so far removed from my comfort zone, I am still in shock I finished that one. While completing the 12 in 12 for charity in 2017 showed me was that despite all of the missed races and all the DNFs, that I could still go further. You can always do, um, do more, even if it's just one extra race, one extra marathon, or slightly tougher marathons, or maybe 50Ks instead of marathons. If you can't go faster, then go further. That is the motto by which I try to live my running life, although from time to time I do go faster too, including a PB yesterday, but you'll hear about that in season two. 2018 started with an unplanned 10k that was very comfortable. It prompted a PB attempt the following weekend and suddenly I gained my first personal best in years at the distance. Well, at any distance. Next came a Guinness World Record attempt for the fastest half marathon dressed as a lifeguard. My time was okay, it wasn't a PB for me, but as there was no current record, I thought that it was a certainty. But no, Guinness World Records describe a lifeguard as wearing effectively a Baywatch costume and carrying a flotation device. My sin? I was wearing an actual lifeguard costume from Australia. It was black and blue not bright red, and so no world record for me. I guess I probably should have read the fine print. I was confident enough to try, though. I was also confident enough to aim for a second 12 in 12. This time for me, though, with no fundraising, and therefore less pressure, and to add more trail 50Ks as well as a couple of A races that ticked the right boxes. And so I chose to run the last of the Threshold events, Race to the Tower, and complete the series, having run Race to the King and Race to the Stones in 2016. I also picked Trans Gran Canaria, or TGC, a technically difficult mountain race that was part of the championship circuit, like Ultrax. 
Hopefully completing it would put that particular monster to the sword. And finally, the Green Man Ultra, or GMU, a race made famous by Ira Rainey in his book Fat Man to Green Man, and it had tight cutoffs and self-navigation. Although it would be held dangerously close to Trans-Gran Canaria for my liking. But first, I needed to start the journey, and is there a better place to start than a tried and trusted venue and organiser? No. So I headed to Gravesend, and the cyclopark that was home to the Bowie race uh, from 2017, and the punk run that gave me plantar fasciitis in 2016, organised by SVN, with whom I started my 12 in 12 in 2017 at Cakeathon. It would be laps, it would be simple, it would be dull, but it would be 100 Marathon Club number 20 and the shot in the arm I needed to fly to Gran Canaria, confident that I could at least complete the distance, having skipped January other than a couple of 10Ks. The route is a there and back, and then a there and back, going the other way, then back to the start, and each lap is 5.25 miles, and you need to have your lap card punched by the marshals for it to count. For a half, it would be two and a half laps, and for the full, it would be five. Anything over five would be an ultra. I had run my fair share of these races and the tactic of going straight out after lap three or after lap four were the only considerations. The rest of the time, I just took the brain out, turning the iPod volume up to 11 and plodding along. Starting the next lap to get it over with rather than stopping and eating cake and losing momentum is the only concern here. The race started at 9.30. The forecast was for it to start raining an hour later and then continue raining until the end of time. When we stopped being pelted with hail or freezing rain, we would run into headwinds. Such is the joy of running in the UK in February. The first lap seemed fine. But my watch was not buzzing at each kilometre, and this was annoying as rain had started to fall and freeze us. I stopped and checked my watch, only to discover that rather than selecting the exercise type of running, the one that has my preset kilometre intervals, I had started outdoor other. God only knows what that one is about, and a, a schoolboy error I made there, and so I had to stop my watch and restart it again with the correct setting, and I was finally underway. Between laps, I enjoyed bread pudding and some squash, then the Marmite straws that they'd made. Oh my God, they were so good. I wanted more, but I forced myself out onto a second lap. Let's call this one the Windy Lap. Where the wind was, much like everything nowadays, in your face. It was so cold at this point that my hands were going numb. And an odd shade of purple that can be best likened to damson jam, which in turn prompted me to put on both my Puma hoodie and my gloves at the end of the lap. And I would keep them on for the rest of the race. If the freezing rain of lap one was bad and the freezing wind of lap two was, well, 
making jam, then the actual sleet and hail that made me consider calling it quits on lap three was probably the worst. I was 15 miles in to the marathon. I'd been rained on, blown about all the place and then hit with hail. I was cold, I was wet and I was miserable. But time on feet and time in head, you get more resilient. And the field was thinning out with people quitting. I could hear the bell from a distance. But after seeing the stalwart Gary Wayman from Beachy Head and the relativity run pushing through on his way back from injury, I was inspired and kept going and ended up back at the race HQ getting my third lapped marked. From here, I thought it was simple. I took a mouthful of squash and a marmite straw and headed straight out onto the fourth lap. I then repeated this for the fifth and final lap. Simple. Well, not really that simple as within 400 yards of the fifth lap, both my calves went ping. But the odd thing was that this kind of set me straight for the rest of the race. Rather than quitting, I just slowed my pace down like I did at the end of London and changed my gait to have smaller strides akin to a wind-up toy on speed. And I kept going until either of my calf muscles would start tugging, in which case I would just slow down to a walk, wait until the tugging had finished and then keep going. And this really worked, and miraculously, as the rain came down, I, I completed my fourth and then my fifth lap, happy in the way that I was way below the cutoff, not really suffering from any of the ailments my marinoid brain had created for me over the, the ten days leading into the race. And it stuck two royal fingers up at the elements to finish what would be my 19th marathon in 29 months, 20th marathon and above, in 29 months towards the 100 Marathon Club. But I was now on to bigger and better things. Bring on Trans Gran Canaria, I was thinking. Let's be having you. <laughs>